Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 240 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. We are back from a short hiatus, and I am joined by my good friend Ray. How you doing, Ray? What's up, Joe? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Oh my god, it went by fast, but uh I turned around and it was like a mo- over a month since we've done a podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, but it was a much needed break. I don't know about you, but oh yeah, <laughs> I needed I needed a little bit of a break. A lot happened in that uh, that month of June. Yes. <laughs> um, so, what have you been up to? How's it been? Oh man, um, I you know the end of May, the beginning of June is still a blur. Mm-hmm. There a lot went on in those last you know, a couple weeks there. Uh, so I was really relieved when, you know, you suggested a hiatus just because I was like, yeah, breathing, breathing sounds good right now. <laughs> Anything else I don't know is going to be sketchy after that. Um, the month of June was a lot of like settling into like the quiet after the storm. I'm sure the same for you too, in terms of like the end of the semester, right? Um, well, sort of. <laughs> we'll oh, get shit. to my June in a second. All right. <laughs> um, I had a birthday. Um, well, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Um, I just got back from a work retreat. Um, we uh, were shifting earlier than normal. Normally, the summer months, June and July in particular, are my rest months when it comes to my day job, which is right. an, ad- an admissions counselor for an art school, right? right? That is where we sort of are wrapping up the previous year's recruitment class and we're, you know, resting because this is a very stressful job, especially in the, in the fall. It's a lot of travel. Uh, I'm, right. I'm on the road more than I'm home. I basically live in airports and hotels. And so June and July are really important for us to sort of rest, <laughs> catch up, chill they they give us fridays off in july um but this this year has been quite different uh because of covid and because you know the pandemic and recruitment numbers are low across colleges you know all over the country mm-hmm. uh we we're there is no rest <laughs> we, are basi- <laughs> we are basically already pivoting into you know next year's recruitment mode so there has been a lot of meetings a lot of strategizing a lot of um, putting things in place and and sort of trying to innovate our approach. So there's been no downtime. Honestly, like like June pretty much was all work. It was, it was, right. it was and and slight panic at work. So <laughs> um, just because you know we're we're used to uh, honestly we're used to crushing it, and not right. that we didn't do good this year, but we didn't crush it. <laughs> well, no, and, and it's people don't realize how much school systems were affected by COVID. Like, yes, like the yes. graduation rate is down from high yes. schools. I can tell you that that it it was it's been a challenge just getting students to show up to school. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's bad, and so and, they are not yeah. transition. And that's and that's good students too. That's not just well, mm-hmm. Joe. You you work with a population that's already in that mindset no it's Mm -hmm. not just that it's the good kids too yes absolutely and you know financially families are really struggling 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, that impacts everything, including plans for college. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we have a, I'm really fortunate to love the team that I work with. Like <laughs> everyone's great and everyone works their ass off and we're all, um, pretty good at what we do. So, uh, you know, we're still in a good place, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like, okay, no off season <laughs> this year around <laughs> running uh, come fall. So I'm already in a weird way, Joe, like it, it's summer, but it doesn't feel like summer. Like it's where I'm already, my mind is already in, um, in the airports in, in fall. And I'm stealing that from a coworker of mine who just said that the other day at our annual retreat meeting, she said, my brain's already in September. And I, and we all kind of feel the same way. Uh, I, and I feel bad for you because my whole thing is about how airports suck right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's another thing, right? Flights are, are scarce as well. So like, you know, this is all part of why we're, we're treating the summer a way that we never have before. Right. Um, and then sprinkle into that work mode, which is pretty much dominated my mindset um, so far this summer you sprinkle in a birthday, a personal birthday, family birthdays and events. Usually summers when people want to like get together and, you know, reconnect and hang out and be outdoors and blah, blah. And it's, we've done a little bit of that, but it's really been, um, a dis- that stuff has been a distraction <laughs> from right, the, right. the work at hand. Um, a lot of art It's like shows. during the school year when you're like, oh, I don't want to do anything this weekend. I need to recover. <laughs> yes, exactly that. So, um, and then, Art-wise, honestly, I'm taking a, a little bit of a breather because I've just spent a semester, you know, finalizing a, a lot of uh, really significant pieces, like big, large paintings, um, really dense paintings conceptually. So I, I just kind of feel like I'm going to take a breather and then I'm just going to paint some portraits or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> because one of my because cats since, <laughs> since we like last talked, you, last spoke, you um you have your master's now, yeah. I have my master's now. That's right. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It still hasn't really sunk in, but yeah, I was thinking. I swear to God, Joe, I was thinking last night. Oh shit! I have a master's degree. Like I have to update my LinkedIn and like <laughs> <laughs> my resume and like all my stuff. Uh, but yeah, I haven't even done any of that yet. <laughs> so um, yeah, I. You know, I feel like as a as an artist that creates and that is used to making things, I'm still uh, resting from the the you know the the MFA show and all the the graduation stuff. I have uh, I still have five paintings up in in Laguna Beach, and that's great. You know, the the four large ones in the museum. Um, are going to be up all summer, and then I have another one uh, in the, in our LCAD gallery, I had six up last month. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I have one up this month cause it's a new show, a different show that I'm in, but I don't have anything on the horizon beyond that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'm looking to, for opportunities to show my work in, in LA. Um, but honestly, I haven't even stirred that pot yet, man. I'm just like, let me wait a bit, you know, maybe August I'll, I'll be able to drum up some interest before, September hits and I'm basically a ghost. I'm gone in September. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, man, that's me. And then of course, waking up to the lovely reality of owning pets this morning and just, you know, having a mess to clean up sometimes unexpectedly. Yes. <laughs> and the, the normal day to day chaos, <laughs> which never stops. It just never, never stops. stops. Never. I said to Matt the other day, I'm like, I just, I just need to not be needed for, for Mm -hmm. like 24 hours. Like that's what I need to just not be needed by anybody or anything. Uh, It's funny how also like every summer there is, um, I live in a neighborhood very much like the neighborhood that I grew up in, which, you know, doesn't really celebrate the country, but loves to blow shit up. And um, <laughs> there have been nonstop fireworks. Uh, there was, you know, starting in about April, uh, progressively, you know, more and more until, you know, late June. It's just, it's like a fireworks show every night. And then right. the 4th of July is a battle zone, basically. And so it, now that it's quiet, it's, I you you know, you reflect and go, oh, I, there was, there's like an, a level of anxiety just from the nightly explosions, you know, <laughs> fireworks. And these are just fireworks, but uh, right. it definitely affects the cats. It affects us, you know, so it feels kind of very quiet now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also managed to sneak in a couple of sunburns. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beach trips, you know, we try to make we try to make a make it out to the beach a couple times during the summer. And uh, I've, I've recently accepted that sunblock is a thing um, that I should use after avoiding sunblock for literally my entire life, Joe, up until uh, now. Right. Right. <laughs> we, we were just at the tail end of, cause I'm the same way. Like the idea of doing it on a daily basis, like you're supposed to is just such a foreign concept to me. Cause we're yeah. at the end of that generation. That's just like the bronzer, the better. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just, it's, yeah, it's a hard thing to, and now that we're in our forties, it's like, um, I get burned a lot easier, and yes. what is that spot? Yes, <laughs> just 100%. be concerned about that. <laughs> so true. I'm like, oh my god, being burned in your 20s and 30s. I'm uh, and honestly through my 30s, it's like whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. a little tingle. It'll go away in a couple of days. I'm not worried about it. And it is a severe um, annoyance and and disruption to my life in my 40s. <laughs> Right. So, like, okay, not doing that anymore. <laughs> uh, getting old is not fun. <laughs> yeah. So, what's going on with you? I haven't talked to you in, like, a month. What's going on? I came back. Part of the reason why we went on hiatus for June is I just wasn't here. I was I was traveling abroad. We took a, a cruise to mm-hmm. the Baltic. Um, which I love cruises. My husband and I love cruises. Um, we get to see a lot of places, but we only have to pack and unpack once. Um, there's a combination of like cool new places to go explore for him and days where you can lounge around the pool for me. Like mm-hmm. they're kind of the ideal trip for the two of us. Yeah. Ray, I am not lying when I say this was the most stressful vacation I have ever been on in my entire life. Oh no. <laughs> um so we left on like the 12th, the 11th or 12th. I think we were flying out on the 11th. Whatever the Saturday sun, whatever the Sunday was that week, we were flying out. And we were flying out to Copenhagen, Denmark. 
it was very exciting, very exciting to go to Denmark. I'd never been, and that's what I did my sixth grade country report on. So I was like, I want to see this country. Um, and we were going to go on a basically a 12-day cruise. Mm. And so we get to our little airport here in Palm Springs, and the plan was to go from Palm Springs to San Francisco, San Francisco to London, London to Copenhagen. Um, wow. we got to the, which, you know, it's a lot of layovers, but it's fine. So it was going to basically be like 24 hours of travel. Mm. So we get, we get on the plane, which was delayed like an hour or two. And we were nervous because we're getting really close to our flight to Denver. And we're like, we're not gonna, we're not going to make it. Um, because of the, the layovers, like quickly, the the time of the layover is quickly getting smaller. So, so finally they just were like, the plane's not going anywhere. Everybody get off the plane. Um, you know, they eventually canceled it, but we're like, we've already missed our plane. So we've got to figure something else. So we had to drive out three hours to LAX, fly from LAX. Luckily it was straight to Copenhagen, but, um, I'm going to bash United Airlines on this entire <laughs> podcast today because screw them. Every now um, and then they fucking need it. <laughs> they, like, so we we paid for premium economy because it's a like 12-hour flight, and you don't want to be uncomfortable the entire time. So we just, you know, we paid for the next level up, which is not cheap. And all they could do was put us on regular economy. Did mm-hmm. we get money back? No, we did not. <laughs> So we fly out there. We it was fine. We got out to um, to the ship. Uh, everything was fine. We had put in an extra day in there just in case. So you know, but we we had to we had a basically instead of flying out on Sunday, we flew out on Monday. Um, add in three hour drive to LA. So we get on the ship, and the ship is at thirty percent capacity. Because this trip was originally to one of the big features was um, St. Petersburg, Russia, which Mm. is obviously not on the itinerary now (laughs) for obvious reasons. Yeah. So there is nobody on this ship, Ray. Like it's like one of the second, one of the larger ships out there as far as cruise ships go. And there are like a third of the people that are supposed to be on this ship. (laughs) Which for the introvert me sounds like a good thing, but I was just gonna say that. No, <laughs> because A, there's absolutely nothing going on when you're on the ship. Like mm. they've reduced hours for the buffet, they've, you know, they don't have uh. any activities going because they uh. don't have they don't they don't have the people to support it. You go to you go to um like the trivia things, which on previous things is like they hold it in the big theater and it's like this huge deal. And here it's like you're kind of cramming yourself into a little bar and it's like, all right, it takes 15 minutes and you're done. So there's no activities to do for the most part on the ship. There's no people to people watch, so that's not a thing. And the staff is bored tears oh no so like literally i was sitting in the library one morning because i'd get up in the morning and i'd read in the library or you know you know check social media whatever and i swear three different people came in and cleaned that room top to bottom three times in the two hours i was there (laughs) like they're just they are just so bored at one point during the trip i said to to matt 
they are so polite and they're they're working so hard to make it a good experience. But just walking from one ship to the one side of the ship to the other and having to say hello to everybody on the way across because every single service person there hi good morning how are you doing like it's exhausting <laughs> it's like uh, you guys like you just i know you you could just ignore me <laughs> like you do not need to focus on me at all <laughs> stop <laughs> so the the ports were okay but they had to do some rescrambling we saw a very cool castle we saw um like the most medieval um city that's still kind of preserved and yet like these these medieval cities that are still like the buildings are still there. People live in them and like park their cars on the street, and it's <laughs> this weird juxtaposition of medieval stonemasonry everywhere and cars beeping at you on the way too small. Roads. It's very surreal. It's very cool. So we did enjoy walking around and and checking everything out, but it just it felt it felt weird because the 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 ship was so quiet and then because the itinerary changed they have to keep the itinerary the way it is but they kind of have to shuffle things to make mm -hmm. it work so we're in the baltic sea which is not that big and we're bouncing back and forth we literally changed time zones four times oh shit which again it's just like when you're already jet lagged is just a lot and what ended up happening is they promise you 12 days. You've you've booked a 12-day cruise. But because of the way the ports landed and the fact that you're not going to St. Petersburg anymore, the last they, they left the last two days to be at sea days. It does not take two days to travel from one place to the other in right. the Baltic. So literally for the last two days, the ship just basically went back and forth in the middle of the Baltic Sea. <laughs> just back and forth. And people are walking. The, the few people that are on board are like, yeah, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready. Oh, there's, there's nothing going on on board. Right. There's right. no people around to to really socialize. You get into the elevators with people, and they're like, "You're ready to go home." Yeah, we're ready to go home. Like it was just like it was just a downer of disappointment. Oh, of the day. man. So I mean, it was great, but as as we're coming off of the thing, it was like not the best vacation. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Do they're you feel rested? Um. I felt no because <laughs> because then there then there was the trip home, Ray, and this is where United oh, can go shit. fuck themselves. So we get on. We're now in Stockholm, Sweden. We get on our plane. It is delayed two hours, and we are going to barely make our flight to Denver because we we're going to go from uh, Stockholm to London, London to Denver, Denver to um, Palm Springs. So. We get on the plane late. It's going to be a very, 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 very narrow um, transition from that. Yeah, from from the flight to Denver. We land in London Heathrow. We cannot make it to the gate on time. We oh. know it, even though it's been delayed. We know that it's probably not going to make it. And the persons we have to go through like three security checks. The last security check goes, just go to the transfer desk and get a new flight because there's just nothing you can do right now. There's no way you're going to make it. I'm like, okay. So we go to the, we were traveling SAS, which is Scandinavian airlines. So we go to the SAS desk. There is nobody there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we go to the United desk and we said, Hey, we missed our flight. We need to book another one. 
well, we can't do that for you. What do you mean you can't do that for, for us? <laughs> we booked through United. Yeah, yeah, but you were flying You were flying Scandinavia, and they're the ones who made you late, late and missed your pli- flight. So if you have to be put up for the evening, they need to be responsible for it. Not, I'm going to try and find you another plane. Not, I'm going right. to try and help you out and see what you're going to do. And then if we have to come down to right. hotel stays and everything, that's Scandinavia. No, it was just, nope, they have to take care of you. Oh. I was like, well, that's great, but there's nobody at the window right we're trying to get home we want to get home (laughs) and so he's like well there's a there should be a number to call so we go to the window sure enough there's a number to call there's another couple from denver that is like in the same position we are and (laughs) we're all pissed at life and so we call the number literally nobody answers oh so ray there was a three-hour span of time where we didn't know how we were going to get home oh in London Heathrow, which is a huge airport that literally has signs that's like 13-minute walk to gate. Yeah. So finally, Matt has the idea of let's walk to the gate we were supposed to leave on. All right, we'll take the 20-minute walk. We 20 minutes, we walk to the gate. As we are getting to the gate, we see our plane slowly taxiing away from Oh, no. And the woman's like, no. you just you just missed it. And it's like, so you're saying if we were here 15 minutes ago, we would have made this flight. And she's like, yeah. What were you doing 15 minutes ago? Well, 15 minutes ago, we're trying to figure out how to get onto a different flight. Right. At the other other windows. Oh, no. So we're pissed and we're like, well, now now that that we've missed this flight – like, can you help us find a new flight? And she goes, no, because now you don't have a flight because we unbooked you from this flight. Oh, shit. So now we can't go anywhere because nobody has us on there. It's giving me so docket. much rage anxiety right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so, like, like, Ray, I have never been so frustrated in my life. Oh. And, and so she was very helpful. She was one of the only three people that was helpful in this entire like day but she was like she was like yeah you get all your 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 baggage has been taken off the plane um you're you're not in anybody's system so what you have to do is i understand what they're telling you go back to the sas desk see if they've shown up call the number again if not go back to the united desk and say that i sent you and that they need to get you on a flight and we're like you are wonderful thank you she goes, once you're in the system, I can I can rebook you. I can do yeah. all these things. Yeah. But you're not in the system anymore. So you like just do that. And then anybody should be able to help you after that. As we're there, she gets a call. They have to reopen the the gate because there's a mechanical problem with the, the flight that just left that we were supposed to be on. And it has to come back. No way. So no. we're like, oh, my God. So we can get on this flight. And she's like, no, you've already been taken off. and We've already given people your seats. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Holy All shit. Right. So we go back to the SAS desk, call nothing. So I, I sit my husband down who is just he's just done like he's been he's been doing all the hustling up until this point and i'm like please just just sit it's my turn i i will go karen and so i did i went up and i said hi i and i explained the situation and she was like i can't help you and i was like i need to talk to a manager and she's like well i don't know how they're gonna help you and i said i don't care 
And I, like, you cannot send yeah. me away. Like we have no way home right now. You cannot just send us away without having a way home. Yeah. So she puts this aside and we're now standing in front of the asshole that was just like, we, we're not paying for your hotel. <laughs> his window's closed. I don't know what he's doing. He's like sitting there filing his nails. Um, so finally, I get a guy and I'm like, are you the manager? And he, he goes, no, but he then touches the guy next to him. He goes, this is the manager. So if I can't help you, he's right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Shit. So this guy, you know, explains this and that. And he finally gets us on a flight the next day. So, all right. Same situation. Now we're not on premium economy anymore. We're on regular economy. No, no refund, no upgrade, no nothing. Um, luckily we were able to go meet up with my friend Raven because we're in London. And if we're going to be trapped in London, we're going to go hang out with Raven. So it was very nice to get to see her. And, um, it was the only bright part of the entire weekend. Yeah, I'm sure. Wow. Um, but I mean, like it was just, it was non stop. We're afraid we're not going to get, um, Oh, and before we left the airport, um, we needed specific, um, seats because we had somebody that was flying with us that needed a uh, an aisle seat for anxiety reasons. So mm-hmm. um we're trying to find somebody that now we have this flight, can you get our seats? Because the app is asking us to pay money to get seats. And we're like, no, we're not doing that. So we go up to the United Lounge because my father-in-law had the idea like, well, let's go up to the fi- the the um United Lounge and see if they can book, you know, check us in. Mhm. The person there was a person. There were three people sitting there when you walk in, and the person in the middle was just having none of us. Like we walked in, and you would have thought that we were the scum God. of the earth. And he was like, "I was like for no good reason." That's the worst. And, yeah, and he was basically, like, "This is your job. Like you're right. cus- you're customer facing. We're customers. Like if customers are fucking up your day, you're in the wrong fucking job because mm-hmm. your job is customer facing." You know that? Oh, I hate that, Joe. I he literally, he literally did that thing that you see on movies that you think never happens, where he's like, "We have other customers you have to deal with," and there's literally nobody else there. <laughs> Jesus. But the guy next to him was like, "I, I think I know what you're trying to do. Let me help you out. That's fine." So, like at, like at one point or another, every single person in our party had like lost their shit. <laughs> it was just, yeah. and then we get there the next day, and of course, the flight is delayed again. And we're like, it's going to happen all over again. It's going to happen. Like, we're never getting home. <laughs> we finally, finally got home. But I had, like, honestly, I looked at Matt and I was like, I don't ever want to travel again. This is awful. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, and then when you said you're going to be in airports all September, Ray, I was like, good luck to you. Because yeah. that, I, ca- I can't even imagine. Like, the the airports, the air, airline system right now is so messed up. Dude. Oh. I'm not, we're, none of us are looking forward to it. And we've all had like, because we spend so much time in airports every fall and winter, we, we have our fair share of stories to tell, you know, I'm talking about like debris on the runway, fucking lost packages and luggage, you know, redirects. I once had a 12 hour delay at LAX, 12 hours in LAX because they kept thinking it was only going to be another hour for 12 hours, Joe. And LA, LAX is the worst place to have a layover. Yes. Like, it's just an awful airport. Yes. Um, yes. When we were LAX in Heathrow, we got to a place, a, a part in Heathrow where we, I'm just like, I need food. 
Like, I don't care. Like, everything needs to stop. Worrying about how we're going to get home needs to stop. We just need to eat. I just need food. So once I was finished my food, the rest of the group was not. So I said, let me, Matt's phone is about to die. Let me plug it in somewhere. Of course, cannot find a working charging terminal anywhere. <laughs> Finally go up to this guy who's from, um, um, oh, what's the name? Uh, in, in, they just had a shooting in Norway begins with an O somebody's shouting at the radio right now. <laughs> um, I can, get, Oh, Oslo, Oslo. Thank you. Um, and so he's, he's trying to get back to Oslo. The, the shooting has just happened. <laughs> so I seen, he goes, he goes, go ahead and, and use my, you know, take mine out and plug yours in. He's like, because I've been here for 20 hours already, and it's going to be another 10, and um, life sucks. <laughs> I'm so, like, I felt so sorry for him. And then there's this kid from London there who was like, yeah, I've been here for 12 hours. This is my second time flying ever, not doing this anymore. Oh. Um, and so it wasn't just me. It was everybody across the board. Everybody was complaining. Apparently... Scandinavian Airlines was in the middle of a strike and now has declared bankruptcy. So that's a little explanation as to why there was nobody at the window, but Jeez. that does not help us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so great. Great. That was, that was the misadventures <laughs> of Joe abroad. So when people were like, cause I was like putting little notes, I was trying not to go into detail in Slack because I don't want to bring anybody's like day down, but Oh my God. Oh my God. Jesus. Yeah. Great. I am thinking about fall travel going great. <laughs> that is going to be an adventure. I hope you're not doing United because United. Oh, God damn it. I fly United all the time because I, uh, of the, the places that I travel to, they, they have the most flights. United right. and American is usually what I travel, right. which I used to travel Southwest, which was great, but uh, it's hard to find the right flights to the South uh, mm -hmm. through Southwest, ironically. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, and then we're, we're traveling again in September because all of these plans and trips that we had before the, the um, pandemic are now mm -hmm. all having to be crowded into this year because otherwise we lose our credits and stuff. So we're like sticking them wherever we can. Yeah. And America just canceled like a third of their flights for the rest of the summer. Oh, shit. so, so it's like, so Matt spent all day yesterday trying to rebook flights. Like it, it's, yeah. Just everybody needs to stay home. <laughs> just stay home. Let the airlines do what they need to do to get themselves back on their feet and, because it's yeah. awful. Normally, we schedule all our travel as we go. Mm -hmm. And this year, we're we're having a big travel meeting as a group uh, in, a, in a week and a half so that we can try as much as we can to schedule everything this far in advance. Mm -hmm. Not That doesn't mean that those flights are going to be there when we need them. But we're trying to do what we can now and like get the, the jump on everything. It's yeah, good. do your best to get as few layovers as possible because the yeah. the layovers are going to kill you at this point. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for the heads up. Thanks for the... <laughs> <laughs> so, for all our listeners, just don't travel. <laughs> yeah. Drive. For real. But, of course, gas prices are ridiculous, so don't do that either. Just This is a good time to to really delve into your geeky pursuits. 
Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, I think uh, I have lots of geeky stuff to share with you next podcast episode because I want to talk about the boys Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Today, we're going to talk about Thor. Um, There's some other geeky news and happenings and stuff that I want to take your temperature on. But um, we've been catching up for half an hour, so maybe we should jump into Thor Love and Thunder. Are you going to be okay with that? I don't want you to not get to to like share out. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. I I I we need to talk about Thor. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So then we will be back, and when we come back, we are going to like get get through Thor: Love and Thunder because I think both of us have a lot of opinions. Yes, and it's going to be full of spoilers. Full of spoilers. All the spoilers. All right. We'll be back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. We are back, and we are talking about Thor, Love, and Thunder. What did you think, Ray? How um, do you remember this? <laughs> honestly, okay. Starting off by saying, I enjoyed this film. See. And maybe that was because expectations were low. Oh, you had a low, you went in with low expectations? Well, the chatter all week leading up to me finally seeing it was uh negative at least what mm-hmm. i saw what i what mm-hmm. i saw came across online social media youtube was like uh, mostly tinged with negativity you know not that it was completely terrible but that this film had problems that it was not as good as uh, ragnarok so that probably put me in a space where i was able to enjoy the film uh mm-hmm. for what mm-hmm. it was uh, but yeah, overall, I liked it. A lot of people that I'm seeing didn't like it, <laughs> but I did. Um, it is different, though. I mean, I think this is the most Taika film. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the uh, more Taika than anything else, than MCU and, and Thor and anything else. But yeah, I I, I was prepared to accept that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... I, I was trying to, I was telling Matt, Matt, I don't think really enjoyed it as much as I did. He felt like the humor was just very silly and goofy at the beginning. Yeah. And it was, and yes. for me, it was very frenetic at the yes. beginning where it was just like, Oh my God, just, just like slow down and chill. But yes. like the, the, the English teacher in me who's doing the literary analysis is like, yes, but it gets better as time goes on mm-hmm. because because Thor gets more stable as time goes on. But at the beginning, he's so lost and completely mm. void of direction that 
that frantic humor. I mean, even the Guardians of the Galaxy are over him. The Guardians of the Galaxy were in there for five seconds, want nothing more to do with Thor. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't funny. <laughs> and and it it just I think it was kind of showing that like Thor's Thor's going off the deep end and has no focus in life. And then as as it gets further along, that calms itself down a little bit. I thought. Mm. Well. It kind of reminded me of an episode of The Simpsons from like the later seasons, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of those episodes, I would say from like season, I mean, The Simpsons have been around forever, but like season 10 to like season 15, I feel like um, The Simpsons episodes would start with like a flurry of random activity, story activity in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, and then after the first, you know, three to five minutes, it would then settle into the story that it was going to tell, mm-hmm. but watch any Simpsons episode from, from that era. And you'll see what I'm talking about. It's just like the most random things happening at the very beginning of the episode. And that's what this felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also because production schedules were thrown off originally, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was supposed to pick up from the end of Endgame where Thor was with the Guardians. Mm -hmm. And I think because that was shifted and Thor Love and Thunder came first, they had to shoehorn in the Guardians at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Chris Pratt did a terrible job (laughs) in his performance, just felt like he was in a different movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe that wasn't his fault. I don't know, but... Um, it did just feel like a very slapsticky, silly, goofy first 10, five to 10 minutes of that, of this movie. And I was like bracing myself like, oh no, like, is this, is this going to be the tone of this film? Because if so, it's, it, it's going to be hard to sit through. It was very like, no, no foot in reality or like realistic reactions or even dialogue like the dialogue was very like between thor and and star lord was very bizarre and sort of like like they're giving exposition speeches that are that are goofy and sing-songy instead of like actually just talking to each other like people talk to each other yeah, um, it was very it was very manic yeah yeah it was so um so yeah, that that I'm glad that it shifted. And I think that the tone of this film was kind of all over the place. I think that was by design though. Yeah. Um it felt like it kind of felt like what we do in the shadows, Taika, for a while. <laughs> right. Well, and what I said to Matt, as I said, Taika Watiti is really good at like ridiculously I mean, he has his his humor is very frenetic. Mm-hmm. But then when he does slow down, he he doesn't interrupt that necessarily with goofy humor. And so I felt like when they did do the slower moments, they were a little bit better. And I was able to get kind of an emotional investment in it towards the end. Yeah, it does feel like a different movie towards the end. Because in the beginning, it's just slapsticky and bizarre and goofy. And then mm-hmm. when we start to get, you know, when that settles a bit and we start to get some more uh, drama in there. At first, the drama is undercut by jokes and stuff. But as the movie goes on, the drama is allowed to sort of take over more from the humor. 
right? Right, right. And I don't feel like, because there's a lot of places where it's like you'll have this dramatic moment and then something ridiculous will happen. And it it breaks that that tension of the dramatic. uh, He didn't do that. And the MCU does that a lot. (laughs) The MCU tends to do that across all the movies. What did you think about gore? Christian Bale's gore. Um, I didn't know much about the character. This is one of the areas I've not read. And again, I'm not as familiar with more modern Marvel stuff than I was from like the classic 80s stuff that they used to pull from mm-hmm. uh, 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was, there wasn't, I didn't think there was a lot for Christian Bale to do. Like, I didn't feel yeah. like there was much character development. Um, I have read the Thor comics that this movie's uh, partially based on. Mm -hmm. And um, I think he did a good job with what he was given. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fucking Christian Bale, right? Um, Right. Right. But I was a little bit sad that Gore didn't get more of a, more of a present i don't know like more of an epic sort of story i feel i almost feel like this particular story could almost have been told with any villain um and gore is such an epic fucking villain from the comics like it's a it's a year-long story basically uh the the god butcher story and it's great it's fucking fantastic so it just it just feels like he, he as a character gore was sort of given a, I don't know, like a, not, not a meaningful enough arc, you know, or presence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like he could have really driven this story, but it felt like because they decided to combine it with uh, um, Jane Foster's mighty Thor, that obviously needed to be like more, more of the story. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which just bummed me out. I would have liked to see more gore. I didn't really like, I understand why they changed the visuals of the character from the comics. Um, I'm not somebody who says ever really that it has to be just like the comics, but Mm -hmm. I think they could have done something else. Like they could have found another solution than just kind of shaving his head, you know, and and adding some scars. Cause to me, that was Christian Bale. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I get, you know, they didn't want to make him look like Voldemort, which, you know, he kind of does in the comics. And I understand that keep his nose. That's fine. But do something else. You know, uh, it was a very, I don't know, very straightforward sort of, you know, human character design basically. And I just feel like Gore could have benefited from more in the comics. He's, he's more of an alien with, um, no nose. He has these like flappy, kind of appendages from his head that almost look like ears that are like slicked back. He has claw, like, like he has a nightcrawler hands and, and feet night, nightcrawler style from the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if he was a tail or not, but you know, like do, do something more with, with the design of gore. I think they, that, that was kind of lacking. Yeah. Now is, is the, how does the story arc? Is that how his, is that how he kind of ends his, like, how does this ending compare to the story in the comics? Because that's what um, I had no clue about. I mean, he's definitely, he is a tragic character in the comics. Um, but 
I don't believe he's redeemed at the end. Like he's fucking hateful. And the, the power that he's using that it's very much like Hela's power set from, um, Thor Ragnarok, which kind of sucks that they took his power set away from her, from him, gave it to her for that movie. And now they feature him in the very next movie. And it's like, shit, you know, like that you can't just repeat the power set because, you know, you can't, people just saw it in the last movie. Um, but he does, it, it is a very, very similar setup where, you know, he comes from a civilization that whose gods have abandoned them and there's all the suffering and he seeks vengeance, you know, and, and he comes across this, this, uh, weapon that gives him the power to basically like get his revenge on the gods. And, and, um, so that all was very much the same, um, not what they did with the daughter at the end and everything. And, and like I said, um, his resurrection, I don't believe it's been a while since I've read the story, but, um, he like fucks up Thor <laughs> in the comics. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thor alone is not enough to, uh, to, to defeat Gore. So I'll say that, um, without spoiling the comics, cause the comics are fucking awesome. Um, and yeah, again, that might and, be what I'd be doing. That that might be what I I dedicate myself to for July is going back and reading that. Story. Oh, you will not you will not be disappointed, Joe. It's collected in one book that I own, uh, all twelve issues, and it is it's it's maybe my favorite Thor story that I've ever read. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So. So yeah, um, I'm trying. I'm looking here. Um, yeah, no, they they, they do kill uh, Thor. I think. Uh, or Gore, sorry, Gore does die at the end um, of his story, and I, I don't think he's redeemed. But you know, obviously, Taika's got a you know certain themes that he's working with, and he wants the story to to uh, execute. So that didn't bother me that they changed it. I just feel like he shows up, he takes a bunch of kids, he leaves, and then we don't see him for a long time, <laughs> and then he right. kinda has to come back at the end. There, you know, I really did like the way they juxtaposed gore with jane foster and he even says like quite literally he says you and i are on the same path you know Mm -hmm, meaning mm -hmm. meaning we're both probably neither of us should be alive but we have this power that's you know carrying us and allowing us to continue but it's not going to end well for either of us you know Uh, right i i really liked that that felt super satisfying and i thought that I'm glad that Jane Foster had more of a of a hand in defeating him in the end, but I, I was I was anticipating that it would come down to her, you know, defeating Gore alone. So that went mm-hmm. a little bit different than what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, but I did. I like I I was surprised at because from the commercials, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get tired of Jane. <laughs> like I was just I was afraid it was gonna be too of the, too much of that earnest. I'm a superhero now. I was like, I'm going to be like, I don't know that I can do that for two hours. And what do you um, think? I thought, you know what? I thought, I thought that they, she did a good job. I thought she did a really good job of grounding her at some point. Like you, again, you understood where the frenetic, where the frenetic energy came, came from. I think that's one of the things that I understand what he was doing. I don't know that the execution was perfect but i get the fact that at the beginning of each of their stories they're frenetic they're like i've got i've got to do something i got to do something and that's where all this weird humor comes from and then as things start to get more serious 
they have something to focus their attention on so that yeah. that frenetic energy is not as present. Yeah, yeah. I I do think also as the MCU continues, um, I mean, things are just going to get more convoluted and you're going to have mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. include more more storylines and, and story threads that you can't just leave hanging. And that's going to be difficult. Uh, this is Thor's fourth movie. So it's not like, you know, uh, an origin story or something like we might get in, in the Eternals or something like that or Shang-Chi. This is, um, it has to pick up. It has to include things that have come before. So I think it had that challenge as well. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing this again because the it did feel like I wasn't able to settle into the movie until like halfway through, right? Um, but the fucking action scenes are awesome. The way mm-hmm. that the way that the weapons and the powers are used are fucking cool as hell. Um, I love the whole aesthetic that Taika has brought to Thor. I, I right. think it really, really works. It actually reminds me of, um, or it feels to me like the energy that Walter Simonson brought to Thor when he came on and, and revamped the character, basically defined the character of Thor as we know today, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't there reading those stories at the time that they were being created, but I've read enough of those stories and I've and I'm aware enough of that, of what happened that... You know, he came in and he and he was allowed to make Thor his own in, in Marvel Comics and brought in a lot of that Asgardian mythology and all that stuff and sort of set like a visual language and a storytelling language for Thor. And I feel like Taika has done that for MCU Thor. And it yeah. works, dude. Like I was disappointed or not. Dis- yeah, I guess you could see I was disappointed. I was concerned <laughs> throughout the first few minutes of this movie but as soon as thor starts being a badass and using his powers to fuck people up i was like yes okay you know what (laughs) i can get on board with this (laughs) if this movie just keeps giving me this i i will be able to deal with the slapsticky stuff uh because literally every time he starts you know uh, uh a battle it just everything locks into place the music the shots the effects Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Like everything just locks into place and it's like, get, just shoot this into my veins. I love this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I did. And there was, there was a couple of just character building moments that I liked. Like, mm. I love the fact that they haven't just dropped the fact that um, Thor has a, a, a version of PTSD. Yeah. And like, he still has panic attacks. Like he's having that, like when he first meets uh jane is thor like he's like i gotta get the the helmet like he has a little mini panic attack and i and i'm glad that they're not dropping the fact that he's got that and i hope that they continue to have him struggle with a little bit of that because i think it's important yeah um i loved how jane kind of like often you get very sappy when you're talking about cancer and people dying Mm -hmm. and and i felt like her whole thing of i don't i just i don't i want i want control over how i deal with this and everybody keeps telling me what i should be doing and i need to do what i feel good doing and 
and she she is willing to kind of go along with what Thor wants because he's honest. He's like, I want you to be around, and that's why I'm telling you I want you to do this. But ultimately, she's the one who makes the decision as to what's right for her, which is something that everybody should be able to do, but we won't talk about that because it's not that kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I really appreciated that those two kind of lines were were in there, the, mm-hmm. that she had that, that choice about how to deal with her illness. He had a, his you know, recalls to the fact that he's, you know, become basically neurodivergent and, and both are paid homage to. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking really quickly. I'm looking at the Wikipedia plot synopsis just to refresh my memory. And it's so funny. Like the first couple of lines cover the introduction of gore, which the movie starts with, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, he kills his god Rapu, um, finding the necro sword and all that. And then the next lines are Thor learns of a distress signal from Sif, and he parts ways with the Guardians of the Galaxy and finds Sif injured. And I'm like, there was a lot more there. <laughs> there was <laughs> but- a lot of stuff that went on there. <laughs> But that goes to show like how how sort of scattershot those first few minutes were that really the only story we can get from the story description is basically just Thor learns of a distress signal and leaves. (laughs) But it's like there was so much more there where you're sitting in the audience going, what the fuck is all this like activity? Um yeah, uh, uh, I like Thor's looks in this movie too. He goes from that. Um, God, I can't remember the part of his his storyline in the in the comics where he starts wearing that vest and the jeans and stuff. And I'm really glad we got to see that in this one. Does uh, he, or is that Eric Masterson? I mean, is it in Thor comics? Because I feel like it's. I feel like it's a, a thunder. I feel like it's a thunderstrike. Yes, Character. it is. Yeah, I guess I it's, just to me, it's just all Thor. You know, like not maybe not <laughs> specifically Thor Odinson, but you know, right. like whoever was the starring you know lead of the Thor comic. You know, mm-hmm. yes. Well, I right, think Thunderstrike. I think the fact that we got we got this is I don't think we will get a Thunderstrike, which is not the end of the world. It's not like Thunderstrike is a right major player in the Marvel universe, although he is. <laughs> I okay. Uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Um, at one point after the stinger, I was oh. trying to explain to Matt, <laughs> I was trying to explain to Matt the character. We'll get to that in a second, but I was trying to like the fact that that character is also an Avenger and will become an Avenger. has been Avengers in the sixties. Um, and Matt goes, well, like how many Avengers are there? I'm like, there's well oh, over 150. Like, <laughs> like there are a lot, of, there's some very bad Avengers that are just not worth storytelling, but no, there, there are, there are a lot of adventures, but like there's, there's three, there's Captain America, Iron Man and Thor, right? Like yeah. that is the, that is the Holy Trinity of Avengers characters. Yes. And, and no, I mean, you like, cause, cause... <laughs> you were gonna, that's what I want to argue about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm poking the bear here a little bit. Are, are you, are you talking about in the films? Or are you talking about in the actual comics in the actual comics? No. Cause I would see, I would add, I would add wasps to that. I would add, um, I don't know, man. And I would add I'm... captain Marvel to that. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. 
I think, I think there is, uh, that is the next tier, which is important. I'm not saying it's not, uh, but it's, it's like the, you know, the top three, the top, like the ones that are like, these are the, the, heavy the, big, hitter ones, the big ones that carry their, the big ones that carry their own, their own titles. And I'm hesitant to put, make it a, make it four and put the Hulk in there as well. But, oh no, I would um, put the Hulk in there. The Hulk is almost, he's all, he's, he's an Avenger by opportunity only in the yeah, comics. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, and I read some Avengers comics growing up, but it wasn't a focus for me. But, um, yeah, it's always, it's like, uh, I know this is going to be blasphemous to you, Joe. Okay. Um, but when I was growing up reading the Avengers, I, uh, if it wasn't a team, you know, that included Captain America and Thor and Iron Man, I kind of didn't care about the other, those, those Avengers that, that, no, that I get that. The heavy hitters weren't in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when justice league is, is doesn't have Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. And I'm just like, uh, okay, cool. Like, but you know, like I want to read about like the heavy hitters, you know? Right. No, I get that. I'm not that way. Like, you know me, it's like, I love the West coast Avengers. They're strappy. <laughs> you know, it's like, they, but I feel like give it their all. <laughs> The next tier is super important and defining. And that, like you said, to me is, you know, Wasp and Hawkeye and um, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Vision. Yes. Yes. And of course, as I'm saying their names, I'm thinking of George Perez drawings of them. Oh, my God. R.I.P. There's a there's a like one of the reboots. It was after that horrible Heroes Reborn thing damn Liefeld um, that they brought George Perez on because at the time, I think there were about a hundred Avengers and his job was to draw the comics where they were all in action on the same uh-huh. team at the same time. <laughs> and, and the reason why they pulled him in was because he was able to like, you could tell the difference between Hank Pym Clint Barton and Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. which other artists, they're just three blonde dudes. Yeah. And, and in, in his, you can tell the difference. He can fit all these very detailed faces on a splash page yeah. and you know who the characters are. It, it's impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, why don't we get to, cause there's other things we want to cover. I want to ask your, your opinion on Jane Foster kind of more thoroughly because I, mm-hmm. you know, I have some thoughts and, uh, but why don't we talk about Hercules? I okay. So as soon as <laughs> spoilers, as, <laughs> spoilers. As soon as well, f- going into the movie, we hadn't seen any promotional material on Hercules. But you so said I, though, you you knew he was coming. I knew he was coming because there's yeah. no way you can be talking about the gods and have Zeus in there yes. and not have Hercules. And I'm like, so yeah. if he's not in it, the stinger is about Hercules. Like there's no way the stinger is not about Hercules. And then when Thor quote unquote kills Zeus, I was like, okay, well there's where Hercules comes in. It's going to be the sting. The stinger is going to be Hercules declaring wow. war on Thor. Like, like it was, it was, you had it nailed, man. It was Jeez. obvious. Like it was so you. Obviously. Oh, you were you were you shocked? I I was shocked, uh, but as soon as they showed Zeus again, <laughs> I said, I, I I didn't I wasn't able to call it until the stinger began and we saw Zeus still alive, and I said, oh, Hercules is coming, and then you know, 
yeah. But yeah. no, I didn't I didn't telegraph it the way you did from like the beginning of the movie and shit. Um and do you know the actor? Yeah, that's the dude from Ted Lasso. Yes, he's so good. Like I, I'm actually very excited to see him in something you? other than yes. But you're like, happy with hit, casting him as Hercules. Put it this way, I I still think it should have been Jason Momoa, but we weren't going to get Jason Momoa. It doesn't sound like that was ever in the cards. So right. I'm just excited to see this guy who I think is a fun actor in yeah. something other than, than Ted Lasso. Cause he's hilarious in Ted Lasso. Yeah. I just feel like, um, Brett Goldstein. Yeah. He's what are they? Are they putting him in a rubber suit? What the fuck is it? Oh, CGI? You know, no, you know, you know, Marvel. They haven't released anything. The next now you're going to see all the how Brett Goldstein got jacked for his <laughs> role as her. Like you know, like that's the next thing. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't use Chris Hemsworth. Um, huh. his, Chris Hemsworth's. Uh, like workout plan because Chris Hemsworth is all about like working out and body brands and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> all right, this guy is forty-one years old. Godspeed, my friend, if you're able to. <laughs> to well, and then take what's the- whatever, do whatever you need to do to your body, hopefully in a healthy way to uh, <laughs> to get in Hercules form. Well, what about the guy who was in uh, Eternals, the comedian? Um, yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, Cabal Nanjiani. Nanjiani, yeah, uh, who played Kingo. Um, like, like it's a perfect example of somebody who like does the Marvel workout, and then all of a sudden they're like huge and ripped, and it's like <laughs> it's what they do. <laughs> yeah. That's in- I thought it was very interesting casting. I was like, oof, I don't know about that. But I'm glad if you're if you're pleased, then I'm pleased because you are, if nothing else, a huge Hercules fan. So Marvel. Oh, I, Hercules is just fun. And like, and if if they're going at all the angle that they went with Zeus, as soon as as soon as Russell Crowe opened his mouth, I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was this like Greek Italian accent. That's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah, and, and it was, and it was like I love the fact that they played Zeus as this ridiculous, like it's like the Italian guy at the pool that is just like hitting on all the women and wearing, uh, you know, wearing speedos when he probably really shouldn't be, and it's like this combination of of gangster Don and, <laughs> and, and f- like fifties rock star. And it was like, it was, I don't love Russell Crowe. When they said Russell Crowe was, was going to be Zeus. I was like, uh, I, I'm, I, I have personal dislikes for Russell Crowe. Um, and so I was like, eh. but he was hilarious. It was completely unexpected. Cause I expected he was going to be this big macho. No, no, not at all. <laughs> He was just ridiculous. And so if they go that way with, you know, um, uh, Hercules being a little over the top like that, I am all for it because 
Hercules should be ridiculous. If he's going to be in the Avengers, like, yes, you make him a powerhouse, but like his whole thing is the honor of battle. So he's going to go out and he like literally every conversation he has with somebody is either. um, I look forward to work looking. I look forward to having battle with you uh, to being in battle with you. I look forward to fighting you an honorable battle or let us drink. We have just won an honorable battle. Like that is literally the emotional depth that you get from Hercules. And it's great because you put it in with all of these normal superheroes who are just trying to make sure the world doesn't fall apart. And it's like, it's just ridiculous. That's why I'm so excited that he's going to be in Thor because Thor's already ridiculous. Yeah. And so you take the two of them together and, and you've got like, if you've seen Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein is that over the top, like he's basically, his character is just anger personified. Yeah. (laughs) And so the idea of him being able to be ridiculous Hercules, I'm, I am all there for it. I am all there for it. Um, I don't know if you saw, I just sent you a tweet that shows images, a screenshot or, or images of the screen uh, of Hercules. And <laughs> the tweet caption says, Brett Goldstein, he's here, he's there, he's fucking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the chat for uh, Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. It's pretty funny. Um, okay, I can I can get on board with this, I think. Uh, yeah, that, that I, I was really excited for you. When he popped up on screen, I said, "Oh my god, Joe's gonna go fucking nuts." <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's a he's a great he's a great choice. I mean, it it defines what they're gonna do with the character. Like, it tells me that this is not gonna be a character. Like, he'll probably be big bad at the beginning of whatever the next Thor movie is. Like, he'll be the the what we think is gonna be the villain. But yeah. you know, halfway by the end, he's gonna be fighting whoever the big bad is with Thor. Of course, and. And it's just going to be, it's going to be a little bit of the, um, the Thor star Lord banter back and forth where it's that ridiculous, like one upsmanship of each other, but there's going to be more of a camaraderie about it and less of a, you know, I did this. That's amazing. I did this. Oh, that's amazing too. Like they're going to be in yeah. awe of each other, and I think that's going to be fun because if because Brett Gold seems ridiculous, he's just ridiculous. <laughs> You've have uh, you watched all of Ted Lasso? Yeah, yeah, we're all caught up. Did you did you hate the the ending of the last season as much as we did? No, what'd you hate about it? Um, is it Nathan? Like yeah. Nathan's Ted Lasso spoilers. Nathan's descent was just a little ridiculous to us. We felt it was a little forced. Oh well, to us the whole show is ridiculous, so it's okay. It's like you know, like it's not. I don't know. To us, Ted Lasso is not hollow ground here. Like whatever. <laughs> we, we've lived with these characters for like two seasons, three seasons, maybe or two seasons. It's like nothing's. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all ridiculous. So That's I guess fair. for us, it didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel like it broke some sort of taboo or something like, yeah, okay, we're going with this now. 
cool. Like Nathan's whole ascent was ridiculous. <laughs> well, yes, but the ascent was, but it was ridiculous in a funny, playful, we all get along kind of way. Like that's the whole thing about Ted Lasso is that everybody's like kumbaya. And even if you're working against everybody in the end, you're like, I can't, they're just too much fun. And so it just felt like it broke away from that completely. So, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, once you, you got to have, you know, in order for people to heal, you got to have them so- have something to heal from. That's fair. <laughs> so. That's fair. Like, I know why they're doing it. They needed, they needed that character. Conflict. Arc, but they needed, they the, needed con- the conflict. Yeah. It just felt very forced. <laughs> it felt very, like, rushed. Um, what was I going to say? So, okay. Uh, I feel like, um, well, you kind of already gave your thoughts on Jane. Um, I don't know. What did you think about Jane? How did you feel like <sighs> she... God, I thought she did great. I thought they handled the cancer storyline really well, like you said. Um, I, I'm i glad we got as much of her as we did. I would have even been happy with more. Like, I almost feel like putting Jane Foster as the Mighty Thor and uh, Gore in the same movie. Again, I understand thematically it, it did land for me, but... I feel cheated a little bit <laughs> out of like a full movie's worth of both. You know, I, I feel like each. that's fair. I don't think that we've seen the Mighty Thor. Or like, I don't think we've seen the last of Mighty Thor. Like, because she's in Valhalla. She's in Valhalla, and I think they're all coming back at some point. Yeah, um, I think uh, it would have been cool to have Thor, a depowered Thor, while Jane Foster, you know, is wielding Mjolnir because. A Thor himself was not worthy or fell out of worth, but maybe that's mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that. I think that would have been cool. I loved the treatment of Mjolnir into separate pieces. That was awesome. Did they do that in the comics? Is that how she wields? No. Cause that was, that was awesome. The fact that it could like, it, like it, it made her power set different than his. And that was awesome. Yeah. Um, I said no very emphatically and honestly I don't remember, but I don't <laughs> I don't think so. I'm just like, no, they didn't. Um but um yeah, I loved that whole effect. Like the new power sets and stuff like that to me is really cool. Um how did you feel about uh Thor's lightning I mean Thor, uh um Zeus's lightning bolt being <laughs> factoring in the way it did. It was just like again, it was just ridiculous. And <laughs> Like I loved it. Like I was down for it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad they went goofy with. I'm a, I'm a huge Greek myth fan. Like I love. I've got a, I've got a statuette of Hephaestus on my, on my desk. Like I love Greek mm-hmm. myth, and um, and so the like. I've seen all. Like I was trying to explain to Matt. Matt was like, "Well, they just went goofy with him," and I was like. It, Zeus, Zeus is basically known as the god that is just a philanderer. Like, yes, he's yeah. one of the most powerful gods, but all he does is sleep with everything that moves. Like, yes. that is who the character, that is who the mythology, mythological character is. Yes. And and so the fact that they made him just ridiculous is so on point for just even mythology. Yeah, I love that. I love when they do this with those uh, figures from history where. You know, the stories that we know about them are stories that would be, you know, glorifications told by people around them versus meeting the actual. If you just look at the actions in the stories, 
themselves, you're like, if I meet this person in real life, they're going to be a piece of shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, well, and I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Thor, Thor at one point said, like, don't meet your heroes. Like, yes. it's it, that's kind of the running <laughs> it's one of the running themes because Gore had the same exact experience. He just took it yeah. to the next level. Yeah, seriously. Um I I did have the same reaction to you to the accent. I was like, is that supposed to be Greek? And then I was like, no, he's making it up. That's just random. And I'm like, no, I think it's just really bad, like Greek slash Italian. Yeah, it accent. was to be Greek and it came out Italian. And, and then, but yeah. it was a good Italian. <laughs> My friend was like, no, that's not. It's something totally different. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what he's like half assing is a Greek Italian. Can we, can we all can we all just agree that Russell Crowe is not as good of an actor as he thinks he is? Whoa, I'm gonna back away slowly from that. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> I, I like no. I I have seen him in so much either that or he just overextends himself into areas he needs to in lanes he should not be in. Because I don't think I've, he <laughs> Because I feel like he is, he has so, like, anytime he tries to do something outside of being broody, he does not succeed. Because cause um, Les Mis was a cluster. <laughs> um, I feel like he doesn't take everything as seriously as he should. Uh, but... I think that he's an excellent actor when he wants to be. Then see that, but see just just that just that statement right now. If you're if you're if you're looking at actor as job and not talent, I think he is a <laughs> terrible actor. <laughs> I think he is. I don't. I think he picks and chooses what he's going to be serious about. I think he has a general disdain for the industry. <laughs> I mean, and, should he not? Is that is, he shouldn't have a general disdain for the industry? I think the industry is pretty fucked up. Well, yes, the industry's fucked up, but he's not he doesn't have a disdain for the right parts of the industry. <laughs> like he looks at things and he's like, This part is beneath me, but I'm gonna make money off of it, so I'm gonna do it. And to me that's 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 a very awful flippant way to look at your mm. job. You know? Okay. Like especially when especially when you get paid as much as they do. Like if you if you pick and choose which ones you're gonna take seriously, that's not you're not doing your job well. Okay. I, I guess I can kind of see why an actor might or director <laughs> might view the MCU the way they do and be like, this is not like, you know, se- serious. You know what I mean? Like it's the MCU. Yeah. It's fun, but it's not, you know what I mean? Right. But then, you know, it's like, don't come on here with an accent and not do the work put in the accent. You know what I mean? Like, like do, do the work. You know how many yeah. hours Elizabeth Olsen had to go to, like, learn the, the um, what are they called? The Sokovian accent? Like, they oh, created right. that. And, yeah, but and, she signed a multi-picture deal and, oh, like, yeah, a series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is, like, you know, 10 minutes of screen time. For but, you're, <laughs> but you're a professional actor and you can't pull off a Greek accent? Right. Right. Like I, I guess. have got issues with that. Like that's a, that's that's <laughs> if you're a seasoned actor, that's two, three classes. I I think that Kevin Feige and, and Marvel knew what they were getting with Russell Crowe. They could have they could have got someone who's not an Oscar winning A-lister 
who would have been psyched and taken those classes. You know what I mean? You kind of Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe is like, look, here's what, here's what I'm doing and here's what I'm not doing. And they're like, sold. We will pay you that extra money that we could have, you know, saved on someone else because we're getting Russell fucking Crowe. Like, <laughs> Which is I, fine. I don't know. I, <laughs> but I think, I mean, we're, you're getting him, you're going to get him in another movie though. I mean, this I is not. Damn you, Joe. Damn you. I can't believe I'm defending Russell Crowe's <laughs> shitty ass fucking accent and performance in this movie. God damn it. How did this happen? Let's I don't go. know. I don't know why you would. I don't know why you would pick up that mantle. Because <laughs> you said he's, he's not as good an actor as he thinks he is, and I think he is. I think, I think he's, he's very talented. I don't. I think he's. I think he's got talent. I think he doesn't. I think he. I think he has a an inflated sense of his own ability. Oh, he's and an so, actor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> watch it. Watch it, buddy. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit okay <laughs> um because because again like if if you're gonna do something you're like like my feeling is, is if you're if you're an actor and you actually have a respect for your craft then even if you get something that you don't care about you're you're gonna do what you need to do to do it correctly because it's your name on that character you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like it's like why i got so like over jennifer lawrence after x-men i don't care if you don't like then don't do the movie but if you're gonna do the movie yeah like because because i mean it's not like we sat there and said jennifer lawrence did everything she could with what she was given no it was obvious from the first line she spoke on that screen that she yeah. did not want to be there and i don't have respect for actors who do that because i feel like there are so many it is such an over crowded industry with so many people who are trying to get noticed and to get in there that if you have the luxury of being a top tier actor, it's not cool to just half-ass your parts. Like whether, whether you, whether you think it's a serious part or not. I mean, when you have, when you have people doing cameos in this, because, they think it's just ridiculous. Like Matt Damon cameoed in this and he gave a full performance. It's not Oscar winning. It's not, it's not Oscar winning, but he's sitting, he's taking it serious. He's taking it seriously in the way it needs to be taken seriously. Is and I'm not, no? <laughs> yeah. Is Cause he's, he's not sitting there giving a half ass accent. Cause he's got an accent in it. He doesn't have an actual accent in real life. Um, you know, he's yes, it's a goofy part and he's there for it and he's having fun with it. You can have fun with it, but but like if somebody asks you to learn a Greek accent, which is not the hardest of accents to learn, did they learn ask fucking accent. to do that? Did they ask They should have. And if accent. they didn't, then that's if they didn't, that's their fault. But I, I guess but then, this is you're picking up on nuances that I maybe am and that are lost on me because which is fair. You know but I, I, mean? I feel like I feel like if you're a director and you're sitting there going, okay, I want a Greek accent and he gives you that you got to go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's like <laughs> at that point, just give me just give me your accent because I don't know what that is. <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, maybe he was following in the tradition of you know Marlon Brando in Superman. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jorah. You know, I mean, at the, uh, the yeah, famous, I mean, at, uh, <laughs> 
at the end of the day, it's a goofy accent, so it works. But for your for your party that watched it to to have a comment on what is this accent and to me have that exact same conversation with Matt says that there was something wrong with that choice. <laughs> Marlon, here's a here's a headline for you. Marlon Brando was lured out of his trailer with food while filming Superman. <laughs> Marlon Brando is another one who's friggin' talented and needed to just like <laughs> chill the hell out about like if you're gonna take the part, take the damn part. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. do the damn part. Don't like it just it drives me nuts. It's like you're getting paid so much money. Just for, for people that don't know the backstory on this famous fucking snippet of uh behind the scenes info on, on Richard Donner's 78 uh, Superman film, Marlon Brando was famously paid a ridiculous huge sum for just 12 days of work on Superman. The Godfather actor was cast as Jor-El in Richard Donner's 1978 film, but due to the impressive deal he'd managed to make, he allegedly remained in his trailer for long bouts of time. It turns out this caused a particular headache for the actor uh, Carrie Elwes, who as a 16-year-old found work on the film set and stepped up when the assistant director became ill. His job was to get Marlon out of his trailer, the actor told the Telegraph. Marlon had no incentive to be on time because his agent had struck the most amazing deal for him. Every day that the picture went over, he got another million dollars. Oh my God. He drove poor Richard Donner up the wall because he just strolled in whenever he felt like it, sometimes before lunch, sometimes not before lunch. <laughs> Once you fed Marlon, he was in a much better mood, the actor recalled. <laughs> oh. Dude. Yeah. So there's a history. There's a there's a there's a history of very famous A-list actors being overpaid to be in these small parts in, in superhero films and not giving a fuck. Um Yeah, that's I think that's what I have a problem with. Like that 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 yeah. bothers me. Like, because yeah. I mean, that's because it's not just affecting you; it's affecting all the people on set. It's just, it's just a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on from her, we spent a lot of time on. <laughs> we spent way more time on Hustle Pro than we should have. <laughs> um, that's, oh, that's shit. what we're known for. But we're very on brand today. <laughs> I'm really glad that. Uh, Valkyrie got as much time to be in this movie as she did, even though I thought it was kind of funny how they're like, okay, you're done. Let's, uh, let's, let's injure you and get you <laughs> out of the fucking scene. Yeah. Uh, no, there, that was a very, that was very obvious. We don't want Valkyrie in the final battle. Yes. Kind of thing. Yes. And they gave her something to talk about too. Um, you know, they, they kind of hint at her, Everyone's sort of love status, you know, relationship statuses are uh, in the film is kind of touched on. Um, even uh, what's his name? Um, what's the rock uh, Taika Waititi's rock character's um, name? Uh, Korg. 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 Yeah. Um, I love the way they explained how Jane Foster was able to like access Mjolnir. I love that we got some snippets of their relationship in the past that we didn't previously get to see. Right. Um, and that Thor unknowingly cast a spell or, or added a spell to Mjolnir to protect Jane uh, in the future. That was, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I love that. Cause then, it, then it all of a sudden makes sense because when you're sitting there and she's, like she's in Asgard, new Asgard, and she's looking at the the shards of Molnir. Um, mm-hmm. Like you're like, well, why why her? Like, and then mm-hmm. they totally explain it. It's like, oh, okay. And it's not that she's not worthy. It's just like 
so many other people have been able to pick this have not been able to pick this up. It's like why her? And then yes, that's a great explanation. Yeah, I fucking loved that aspect of it, and I feel like they almost didn't need to go that far to explain it, but I'm really glad they did. Yeah, because uh, there was a lot there that was just sort of, and this is happening now, especially in the first uh-huh. part of the film. So I'm glad they took the time when to give a, a a really good reason when when it called for it. Yeah, I like the interactions between Valkyrie and uh, and Jane. I loved I loved that little friendship. Yes, absolutely agree i love that by the time thor shows up to new asgard uh jane's already been there yeah <laughs> already yeah. Been helping out kind of you know taking his spot sort of yeah no i she like it, it was i had fun with the movie did i sit there and go am i ever gonna say that this is my favorite marvel movie no but i had fun with it right right what do you think do would you what did you okay before we move on to to looking ahead what did you think about Eternity? Because I think you called that one too. Didn't you? Um, you you mentioned that we were getting Eternity. I'm not sure if you said exactly this film, but you were like, that's going to be a thing. I think I did when we were talking about, who were we talking about that? I think it was when uh, we were talking about the, um, the, the Living Tribunal in- Yes. Um, Multiverse of Madness? Yeah. And so I think that that's where I may have said I think we're getting all of these characters at some point. I yeah. didn't love I didn't love the the portrayal like I like it was just kind of like this altar or this idol. Mm-hmm. And Eternity is such a fucking cool concept. And they they but is it a character? I don't I don't recall. Oh, it like is like Eternity having like a personality or anything like that. Well, I mean, how much how much personality can you invest in all that is? Like, <laughs> I mean, like literally, like the 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 character design of Eternity, they they did it right, but yeah, they did it perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they did it, but it should have been all encompassing, huge. Because anytime you see Eternity in the comics, it's like. Literally, they draw in the superhero as a little tiny line in front in the white of space, right, you know, right. the void of existence. And so, like, I just would have liked to have seen Eternity on a grander scale so that you could really take in how cool the character design of Eternity is. Mm-hmm. Because for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, you saw it was a very good depiction of it in yeah. the in the movie. But anytime you see Eternity in the comics, it's a white page, mm-hmm. just flat white with nothing in it other than the heroes. And then Eternity is just completely made of the universe, like stars and planets. And, and it's just a silhouette with everything in creation inside of him somewhere. That's right. That's right. There's always like a white background. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I honestly, I would have preferred it without like the clouds and stuff. If it was just stark, I understand that it's a more, it's a different type of visual medium. So they had to give it something, Yeah, but I would have liked to have seen just white. Yeah. I wonder if they tried that and if for some reason it wasn't working. Yeah. And it's very possible. That's why I said, I, I completely understand that they didn't do that. Maybe because with the water and stuff, it gave me shades of, um, what is the realm called that has the soul stone? Um, I'm thinking of something. I'm, I'm stuck on a wow place that I know that's a World of Warcraft place that I know that's not the answer. But you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, where is the would not be a um a podcast if we weren't looking stuff up on the fly. Vormir. Vormir, yeah. It kind of gave shades of that with like the waiting in water, you know, mm-hmm. and then the sky. Um and I saw a video recently, was it New Rockstars? Um that were talking or maybe it wasn't New Rockstars, it might have been um um E-Man, who has a really great non-spoiler uh, video on this, mm-hmm. uh, definitely seek that out because I really enjoyed it. But I think he's the one that points out that the MCU is really going heavy into the realms now because there's <laughs> they've introduced I don't know how many different realms in their last three or four movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, because they've got to pull they've got to pull characters out of everywhere now, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I like it because it makes it, you know, there's a very good chance that we're like the idea of the whole incursion and the fact that other um, universes can collide with this one. Like it gives us the ability to have characters we love played by other actors or people, characters who are dead coming back. Like it, it, it opens up their story bill, uh, storytelling ability a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And we got like a realm in uh we got a few realms in doctor strange multiverse of madness we got a realm in shang chi we got like so maybe like that it seems like that's a focus of how another way yet another way that they're expanding the mcu now yeah Um, i think i think we had we had said that there was like three story plots that they were exploring which was um the the gods the multiverse and the um, and then this kind of like the the Contessa and her little group of Avengers that she's putting together. Mm-hmm. Like those seem to be the three storylines we're kind of following, um, and maybe scrolls in there somewhere else. But I'm starting to think there's just two. I think that there is the gods are a way to explain the realms and the multiverse, and I think that's where those kind of get all clustered together. And yeah. then I think the the um, Dark Avengers are going to be very like. There's going to be a lot of scroll stuff there, right? Right. Um, I wish that they had given uh, one more note that I had that I wanted to just touch on. I wish that they had given more, I guess, backstory to the the Necro Sword. I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Because I just feel like it was just a doohickey that just showed up, and especially yeah. if they were going to sort of suggest that that was the cause or, or like if they were going to redeem Gore at the end, Mm -hmm. then make it more like this epic weapon that has existed throughout time, which I kind of know because I read the comic books, but I feel like in the film there was just like, Oh, here's this sword laying there and we just killed this person and he just picks it up. And now, you know what I mean? It gives them all this power and stuff. Well, and and not only that, but you could have really played up the fact that it was kind of, infusing itself in him and taking him over. If you just did more, more conversations between him and the sword, like him, like seemingly talking to himself and, and Lord knows (laughs) Christian Bale can do crazy. So um, (laughs) like he, he's very good at doing that very intense unhinged character. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, that would have been a great avenue for, in fact, I thought that's kind of where they were going to go with it. Yeah. But, um, cause we've seen the, um, 
the sister sword of that is the one that um, the Black Knight wields. Oh, really? So we saw that. Yeah. So we saw that at the end of Eternals. Oh shit. Yeah. I didn't put those together. That's pretty cool. Because I mean, like at the end of Eternals, like it's whispering to him when he unboxes it. That's right. Oh, that's cool. I hope, I, I hope they're going to underline that. Maybe they will. Once we get more black Knight. Yeah. Which I, I mean, like I've kind of gotten to the point where before I was like, what does this mean in the next you know, what does this mean coming up? And we still do that a little bit, but yeah. I don't feel like I'm watching these movies and these series anymore to see what's next, where I felt like up until Endgame, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And I feel like I'm just able to kind of step back and go, I'm enjoying this and it might mean this, this, and this, but I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to theory craft when I want to, but other than that, it mm-hmm. just, I'm just going to enjoy the movie. Yeah. So how do you feel about where it ended up and where, Thor, you know, sort of is going now. He's he's a father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a, he's a stepfather, and uh, he's got a little daughter now, which was uh, played by um, Chris's real life daughter. Was it Chris's real life daughter, or was it? I thought it was. I thought it wasn't. I thought it was Taika Waititi's daughter, Chris Hemsworth's real daughter. Oh, I did not realize yes. that. Yeah. Um, so he's going to have a daughter now going forward, which is cool. I mean, like that's a, that's a fun day at the office. That's definitely bring your, <laughs> bring your child to work day. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, I mean, do you want, are you ready for another Taika Waititi Thor movie? Do you feel like, a, you know, now's a good time to uh, switch to maybe a new voice, like helming this character? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like I have to have a different voice. I do. I do understand. I don't necessarily love what he did in this entire movie, but I feel like I understand it. Like, again, I can sit there and analyze it and have it make sense. And so, um, and so I'm fine with him keeping it on. I like, I like the decisions he makes and I think he's done a really good job of, of building this character. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I think I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm just, it, this felt like a lot of Taika <laughs> in this film. And <laughs> if, we're gonna, Taika. if we're going to go further in that direction, I don't know. You know what I mean? I did find myself after this film going, I'm ready for like a really like, uh, I'm ready for a Thor story where there, it feels like there's real stakes mm-hmm. and it's kind of insane to, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of crazy that I'm thinking that after having just watched a Thor movie where there's a bunch of children that have been kidnapped. Um, you know, one of the main characters is dying of cancer and you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and yet, and yet it just kind of felt like there was, I think maybe the humor or something just undercut the, 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 the stakes. Yeah. And, and I would, you know, I think I'm ready for, for Thor to be challenged as a character um, and to feel like he's in real danger and, and he needs to, you know what I mean? Like um, he has something really epic to overcome. Well, I think the fact that he has now somebody that he needs to like up until now, he's just been, I, he, his role is I save the world. 
I saved the universe. I, I am a hero. Now he's got to be responsible for somebody else. And I think mm-hmm. that's a great character building um, way of going about it. And I've, I have you seen, I'm, I know you've seen Jojo rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I feel like this is something that Taika Waititi is perfectly fine exploring. Mm. Um, yes. It's going to be ridiculous, but I don't want to all of a sudden. I want to. I want to see real stakes, but I don't want to see Thor all of a sudden become dark and brooding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's a balance there. Mm-hmm. I think dark and brooding. I feel like because it's been so overdone and and not in the right way. Right. I mean, you could look at Endgame. You could look at. You could cherry pick certain scenes and go, "Oh, that's really dark and brooding." Well, they're really just. You know, um, they're really just portraying like the the real <laughs> the 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 real emotions of what uh, you know this this scenario would would call for. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, dark and brooding for its own sake. No, hell no, terrible idea. Um, but I kind of, I mean, that's one of the things that I like so much about Ragnarok was that the humor was like almost a surprise. Mm-hmm. At that point, I think um, some there's so much levity now associated with this character that something a little more uh, grounded would probably would, would feel like a nice surprise. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I think again, if you think if you project where I think we're going with the fifth film and it's going to be a big bad, but Hercules starts out as the big bad and it turns out to be somebody else. Um, and, and if you just think about Brett, Goldstein and uh, <laughs> and and his how he how like one of my favorite things about Ted Lasso is him and his niece, um, uh, Brett Goldstein's character and and his niece how like this little girl he loves him he loves her so much that he's always but he's always like grunting at her and yeah faux mean to her and everything. Um, I feel like having Taika Waititi's humor played between Hercules, Thor, and this little girl who's giving them both. It's almost like, like um, three men and a baby kind of vibes. Yeah, like totally. The, the ridiculousness of two gods trying to take care of a little girl. I think, I think I want to see something like that in the hands of Taika Waititi as opposed to somebody else. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, it doesn't point. mean that there can't be. And, and, and because I think he's good at doing the quiet important moments without letting the humor interrupt. That's what I feel like the second or third part of this movie was. Yeah. Um, I'm not afraid of him not keeping the stakes up. Well, yeah. Now that I think about it too, I mean, he's, he's obviously, you know, he started his take on Thor in Ragnarok. He's continued it in this film where he set up, uh, you know, a very particular uh, story dynamic going forward and he probably wants to finish <laughs> you know with a third film finish his telling his thor story right yeah yeah um so yeah and then and then you know we'll see what happens after that um yeah overall i still really liked it ragnarok is still you know probably my favorite thor movie right. um but this one's probably second because the first two yikes <laughs> seriously <laughs> seriously <laughs> and i was glad to see um Jane get like 
some good characterization. Like she didn't, she didn't change the character from the two previous movies. Cause she always had a little bit of that frenetic energy to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad Natalie Portman got a little bit of a little bit more realistic substance. Yeah. In, in and, her role. And it was nice to see Heimdall again too, at the end. Yes. Yes. Like I said, <laughs> I, I'm sh- we're gonna have a we're gonna have a revisiting of the gods, and they're all gonna come back. Because I mean, that's that's part of huh. the that's part of the the Norse mythology. Is it's a cycle. That's true. It's, you have Radek Marak, everybody dies, and then there's a rebirth. That's true. Um, cool. We've been talking for an hour about Thor: Love and Thunder. Wow. <laughs> I- <laughs> well, it's like I, I I'm surprised at this point that you're surprised because there's been days where we've had nothing to talk about and we've gone on for two and a half hours. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. What do we have up next for the MCU? Um, movie wise, I think the next thing is um, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I think. Okay. Do we know when that is? I have um no, but I do have a list of things to talk to you about and. Miss Marvel is on there. Yes. Are, are, are you okay? This is us planning on the fly as we're recording. Are you okay yep. recording next weekend and yep. going back to a little bit of a weekly until you go away in September? Yes. Okay. So yes. let's we should probably week- get these in now before I'm quite literally gone. Exactly. So we'll, we'll next week we'll talk about Ms. Marvel, but we'll also, cause I don't know that we have, huh, I just, I literally am going to contradict myself right now. I don't know that we have a full hour's worth to do um, Ms. Marvel. Listen, um, we could I pull it watched, out, but <laughs> I watched uh, The Boys mm-hmm. uh, season three. I just finished it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all caught up with Miss Marvel, although that, that series is ongoing. So maybe we want to wait until that the first season's done. Um, I also found time to catch up with Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney. That Plus. I haven't even I haven't even started that one. And and the boys is the boys is I mean I am dragging my husband through that one. <laughs> it's he's just not in the mental space for it. And so, yeah. have um, you started it? We have started it. We have okay. started it. And I I do I like it. I do, but I think it's a little, <laughs> it's a little on the violent side for him. Um, oh, but I say, I say next it. next week, let's do um, Ms. Marvel, and and just kind of talk about where it is. But I know there's a bunch of different announcements that have come through about Marvel stuff going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, she Hulk's coming up soon. Oh, that's like, right. There's a lot of little stuff to talk about. So if we kind yes. of do more of a half half thing, half. Uh, weekly geekery and news and then the other half of Ms. Marvel I think will be good. Okay, cool. Um yeah, also we started binging Stranger Things um from the beginning because I had only previously watched the first two um seasons. I never watched the third season. Uh I've heard really good things about the fourth season. So, so good, Ray. So good. Okay, so we started from season one, episode one. We're working our way through season two. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to get to, you know, see, finally watch season three and then and then enjoy season four. Um, so that's something we could talk about in the future as well. Um, let's see. We got Thor Love and Thunder, which came so fast. Wow. <laughs> uh, next up in terms of films is really Wakanda Forever? <gasps> I think so. Oh my God, that's in November, and then Quantum Media is, is in February. Do we not have anything? That's films. That's films. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just but, talking about uh, films. Do, 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 do. Uh, Love and Thunder, yeah. Wakanda Forever in November. February, Ant-Man and Wasp. Guardians of the Galaxy in May. And the That's Marvels all next in July. year. Yeah. Um, so we have, in terms of, after uh, Miss Marvel, we have She-Hulk coming in August. And then that's it. That's on the slate, like for sure. Yeah. There's. I've been hearing so many rumors about armor wars and about secret invasion. Yeah, and they've uh, they've been stipulating what the next uh, or guessing what the next uh, Avengers movie is going to be titled. Yes. Uh, and this yeah. is all headed towards secret wars, right? Yeah, it has to be. It has to be because that's to. the only way they can they can be like squishing all the universes together. Yes. Cool. I'm gonna have to read those comics. I keep I keep starting them, and then they're 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 not easy to get through because there's a lot of like supplemental material. I need to just sit down and read Secret Wars through, and then decide whether or not I want to do the the outlier okay. issues. Maybe, so maybe um to work on too. Maybe that's something that I'll do while I'm on the road traveling this travel season. I'm because I'm gonna have my iPad with me everywhere I go. So I'll fire up my Marvel Unlimited uh, subscription and just, you know, do a lot of reading comics when I'm at the airport, on flights, mm-hmm. downtime at events. Well, and I know, like, October is one of your your rough months. Yes, um, it is. I, I, know, I know Katie has expressed that she wants to come back and do another zombie month. Oh, cool. So I think, you know, for people, a couple of people have asked for that, so... I think we'll we'll probably be doing that again in October too. We got a lot of good stuff coming up. Like I I know we yeah. took a hiatus, but I think I think we needed it to get excited about talking about this stuff again. Absolutely. All right, man. All right. Anything else? Um, no. Just as far as shoutouts go, I do want to like this happened a month ago, so I'm sorry, but we haven't recorded since it happened. I do want to wish um, a very um, congratulations to Void and Beige. Um, they've brought their um, their podcast, which is the the titular podcast for the the network, the Geek to Geek podcast, uh, to a close. The last episode was on uh, June second, and so we just want to give a shout out to them and thank them for putting together this amazing network. The network's not going away; they're not going away. It's just they're they've they've talked out their <laughs> their topics, and so they're they're taking a, a breather to go on to to other things. So I just want to oh, thank congrats. them for for all the stuff they've done. Shout out to Katie and everyone else who came out to Laguna Beach. I'm so bummed I wasn't able to join everyone, but I did see Katie uh, when she came out um, to the panel and see the museum show while I was there. It was a lot going on, but I really appreciate that people were able to come out to hang out in Laguna and see some of my artwork. That was that was really cool to know that um, you know people care enough to to make the trek. Yeah, and it's still there's still. You know, you still have stuff out there. So yes. um, if you haven't seen it, uh, this summer is a good time to do it. If you're looking yes. for something to do. All right. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, which I'm going to have to take off, but they're still there. You can go still <laughs> listen to the, uh, to the podcasts. Uh, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, 
The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, Farming Simulated, As the Dice Roll, Planestalker Podcast, and Sometimes Rob. I know Rob is coming out with his own um, podcast about uh, Thor of Love and Thunder, so go check oh, that nice. out. Yeah. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashox, Troidal Power, Geen, and Nixie. And make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? I have a new website. Yay! <laughs> it's all done. It's all updated. It's got all my artwork on there. All, all the artwork that I care to put on there. <laughs> uh, you can go to RamonVargasArt.com. Um, but on social media, I'm still at RayVargas3. Uh, and I spend most of my time on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so I don't know. Facebook. I can't quit Facebook. Still draws me back every now and then. So, so I have some friends that are only on Facebook, so that's where I get to interact with them. And then I'm spending more and more time on TikTok these days. I don't know what that means. Midlife crisis, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, that's good to know. I'll start sending you stuff because that is literally my uh, – that's what I do before I go to bed is forward oh, that's a bunch great. of TikToks to friends. So I will add I'm, you to the list. I'm also thinking about – I'm kind of brainstorming some content that I can create for that platform around my my studio practice and my art and stuff. There's a lot of – cool art content art related content out there there's a lot of mm-hmm. shitty art related content out there so <laughs> i'm kind of taking notes and seeing you know like what i want to make but i definitely want to start putting together some some videos and stuff so look for that at ray vargas 3 awesome 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 well that's it for this week uh next week we'll be back with ms marvel and all sorts of other stuff because we can't focus on one thing at a time <laughs> <laughs> but until then remember this week keep it geek <laughs>